0: Same report shows the growth in the number of businesses. So, the number of businesses that are opening up, right? And that is growing faster than the rate of the overall market. So, to me, like my conclusion is like, okay, the metaphorical pie is like staying the same, but every business's slice is getting smaller and smaller.
1: This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast.
2: Hey everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we take a look at what is changing in the pest and lawn industries, and we take you to the front lines to those that are driving those changes. As always, I'm Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pest as well as Triangle Lawn. And with me is the ever-present New Jersey resident as of now, uh, Mr. Dan Gordon. Dan, would you like to say good morning still and introduce yourself, our sponsors, sure. our peer groups, Our topic and our very special guest you got all that yeah so we are
1: uh here in sunny north carolina uh, in the studios of shelton avionics uh (laughs) and uh we are uh you know that this is what happens when you're uh you know a big a big uh a big pro like donnie and uh so he's having me down here and this is terrific and uh anyway uh Dan Gordon from PCO bookkeepers uh PCO M&A specialists uh you know the drill uh let's see make sure that I don't screw this up okay this episode is sponsored by Colmarch from by WorkWave. To learn more about digital marketing, visit Colmarch.com. It's also sponsored by PestSure. If you're interested in uh, insurance for the pest control industry, PestSure.com. And today, did I forget anything else? Oh, yes. oh I'm sorry. Yeah. Additionally, you may have heard the news that we've expanded our PMP industry insider offerings into peer groups, which is actually why I'm here in North Carolina because we just did one and it was outstanding in partnership with uh, industry veteran David Billingsley. So go back and listen to episode 136 or visit pmpindustryinsider.com backslash peer groups to learn more. And today, this is the million dollar question that everybody wants to know. We're gonna talk about whether demand for home services is really slowing down. And we are having back for a third unprecedented third time, Rachel Bitterbin, VP of Digital Marketing at March by WorkWave. Rachel joined us in episode 26 and 49, and today she's going to discuss some of the data and observations around uh, whether demand for home services is slowing in 2023 and some of the recommendations that uh, for companies that are looking to remain uh, high growth or whatever. And we're going to talk about that. With all that, Welcome,
0: Rachel. Hello. Thanks <laughs> for having me.
2: Just Good out of team. curiosity,
0: wh- who is your most visited guest so far? Like, who has been on the most, and who do I have? You. to You,
2: you are the me? pioneer. Yes, you're number yes. three. We have wow. not you. had a guest on for three times, so you're the first. Yes. Breaking, breaking, you know, breaking all the barriers and breaking all the records and wow. breaking yes. all the stuff that can be broken. As usual, get rid of me. no, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. So, R.B., uh, I'm excited about this topic. I uh, it, it's one that I know that there's a ton of talk about it. You know, you know, Dan was talking about we're we're here in North Carolina at a peer group. This was certainly one of the big topics that we talked about is digital and how it's changing and what can we do. Um, and so, you know, I think this topic that we're going to be talking about is top of mind for most folks in our industry. So let's get into this. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, obviously the topic is is demand actually slowing. Why are people seeing less leads? Why are they costing more? I think that's a common thread I hear with everyone. So with that, take it away, Rachel. School us. Let's hear what you have to say.
0: Oh, gosh. Well, I feel like to kind of start it off, nothing I'm going to say here is is groundbreaking in the sense that I think we all know just... it's 2023 has been a very challenging year for just businesses in general, but I think especially pest control home service business owners. Um, and there's a lot of different factors that are contributing to this. Again, I don't think any of this is groundbreaking. I'm sure you guys have talked about this a lot in in your podcast the last you know year or so as far as. You know, inflation hitting a record high last year and interest rates have continued to climb. And as someone who just bought a house, um, they're insane. So I understand why, in general, the housing market has slowed down because who can freaking afford to buy a house in this day and age? But um, home prices are continuing to rise, right? There's all these macroeconomic conditions that are inherently affecting. pest control industry. And I think, you know, from our perspective, as the people who do the marketing and kind of own the performance and the results of our clients, businesses, not just their marketing, but just kind of their growth in a way, it's, it's been a very challenging year. And it's been, you know, hard to kind of get to the root of what is the true issue? And how do we kind of try to combat it? And what do we where do we go from here, right? But for me, it's been just trying to truly understand all of the different factors that are at play that I think are, are sort of, you know, one by one may not be groundbreaking, but it's kind of created the perfect storm of, you know, there is less demand for home services in general. But, you know, I think a lot of what we're going to talk today about is going to be more pest control um, and there's more competition than ever. So combine those two things together and it's, it's not looking pretty. Um, so that is is kind of where we're at. I'm I'm curious to hear you know from you guys each have unique perspectives um, as a pest control business owner and as someone who you know works with a lot of pest control business owners. You know, is this kind of a theme that you're you're hearing as well?
2: So I I have a couple things I can just talk to via Triangle. I mean, and Dan, I'll let you do kind of the the peer group perspective here. But you know, at Triangle, we are up in revenue this year and and we're up significantly we're up about 16 to 18%. I expect us to end between 18 and 20. Um and and you know I think if most folks are listening if you know the size of triangle that's fantastic. I don't think it's fantastic because the reason I don't think it's fantastic is because our customer counts are flat. We've been net negative accounts all year long. We just flipped over last month. Um you know there's been the, the thing that has really saved us this year has not been leads it's actually been the price increases that we pushed last year and and really throughout the pandemic and so we have we have churned a lot of customers we have you know we 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 have changed our customer database quite a bit in in terms of through price increases but our customer net accounts and our leads we are we are really struggling and we've had a we've had a tough year and i say really struggling it's not like it's you know nothing but it's just like nowhere near like what we were getting and our costs are you know are still the same so that's that's the the very micro triangle perspective and you know we operate Mm -hmm. in three different markets but dan would you say that's any different than what we just talked about over the last couple yeah that's at the peer
1: group that's kind of what we're seeing and we're seeing that throughout our client base luckily our clients are Uh, the revenues are increasing, but the customer counts are pretty flat or anemic at best, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So then, you know, uh, if that were happening in the past, you'd say, well, you know, you're growing, but maybe you have an attrition problem. And all you're doing is replacing what you what what you lost. But I don't think it's that way. I just think that there aren't as many fish in the pond. And uh, but but people, the one thing that we're seeing is that, People got a pass with price increases because of inflation. Everybody else did it. And so that's definitely what we're seeing. Um, you know, uh, But but we are seeing some small pockets, and we'll probably get into this, Rachel, a little bit more. But we are seeing small pockets of people who are doing like Google Local who are killing it. I mean, just doing a great job and their cost per lead is pretty low. But that's not the rule. That's the exception. And it's usually in a small market. I mean, I don't know if if, if you're seeing any of that.
0: Yeah, I, I think the <clears throat> the companies that are struggling the most right now are are actually not the small guys as much. I think you you were saying, you know, Donnie, at a certain size, when even you want to grow 10%, you know, that is a lot of new customers that you have to add on. And so it's like, is the opportunity and is the demand there to even warrant that kind of volume? And if it's not, then how how do you reach those goals? So it, in in our experience, I think it's actually, you know, not so much the smaller emerging companies that are struggling nearly as much as kind of like the midsize and larger corporations that are kind of like the volume isn't there to support even a 10% growth goal when you're at 25 million, you know, cause that translates to a lot of customers that you need to sell. So, um, that's definitely what we're seeing as well. You know, I've been, I've had a lot of these feelings as far as, you know, feeling like, what we're doing is not inherently broken. It's just, again, a lot of macroeconomic factors at play. And so for me, I've kind of wanted to dig into data to see, is there data to kind of support this notion? Because I, you know, I think intellectually, we all know, right, that these things are affecting businesses, right? We, we see what's going on in the economy, and it's been going on the last year or so. And we've talked about impending recession and all of these things. So intellectually, you know, of course, it has to have an effect. But You know, for me, I've wanted to find actual data specific to the pest industry to help support that. And so I kind of just want to go through the different data that we're seeing to kind of support this. And again, I think this is just one part of the puzzle to kind of reinforce this idea. And the most important part is like, okay, now we know that this is really happening. What do we do? Right. But, you know, from a demand perspective, a lot of what we look at on the marketing side is going to be Google Trends, search volume, right? Like that very much dictates opportunity if there is search volume. If people aren't searching... You can't give me spend. the data.
2: Let's do it. Okay. I'm I'm so, all about the data. Let's hear. It.
0: Okay, so from I'm not going to give numbers as far as trends because this is more the way that Google Trends work is it bas- basically shows popularity of a, a search term um, throughout years and it's not raw number of searches because in general just more people you know are using the internet and so that's not really a fair comparison. It's more of an index of popularity. So. Long story short, from what we can see in Google Trends, the, the demand for pest control and lawn care is, is pretty flat. There's not really much of an increase um, compared to last year, but it's down very, very significantly in comparison to 2021. Uh, so I think we all know 2021 was an insane year for the pest control and lawn care industry, especially, um yeah, home services, right? A lot of people were still we were working all home. from
2: home. I was going to say, yeah, we're all home then.
0: Yeah, we're all home. The home improvement, right? Like people were really focused on enhancing their surroundings, so forth. Um, But some of the the data that I found the most interesting, and it's kind of hard because you know there's so many different segments of data from different people. You know, Dan, I'm sure you have your own set of data that you work with with your customers, right? Workwave, we have data that we're able to pull from our customer CRMs to kind of see what this looks like. But one that I I spent a lot of time looking into was EBIS World. I've never, I had never heard of it before, but from my research, it looks like a pretty legitimate um, market research company that provides all sorts of industry research on, you know, all different kinds of industries. Um, And there's definitely a paid report where it's very expensive and you can get much more information, but from the free version, they had some interesting statistics as far as just, the, the market growth for pest control in the US. So this is not necessarily demand. It's not one for one representative of demand, but there's obviously correlations where if there is demand, the market in general, the pest control market should grow, right? And if there's not as much demand, the market may not grow as, mu- as much. So I guess kind of keep that in mind as, as we go through that, that um, it had basically showed what the market growth, specifically in the United States, not you know across the world, had looked like for the last three or four years and how different that looks in comparison to this year and even the previous 10 years. So um, I know it's kind of hard without a visual to follow numbers. So I don't want to get too in the weeds with the numbers. But 2020, the pest control market as a whole grew about 5%. And in 2021, that was nearly doubled at 11%. 2022 is still pretty strong at 9%. And from what they're reporting there is a projected growth for this year of 1.7%. So that is a pretty yeah. significant mm. decrease.
1: Yeah. And the
0: part that I find so that, really interesting, oh sorry go yeah, ahead. Yeah,
1: so 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 that contradicts what we're seeing with our pest index that we do with William Blair and mm-hmm. the correlation to like Rollins who is mm-hmm. a, uh it's definitely slowing down but it's these numbers are pretty low. I think this might be worldwide.
0: No, this is actually U, the U.S. It
1: says US. U.S., yeah. yeah. We're, we're seeing more, but we're definitely seeing a slowdown. But I would love to know customer count because mm. we measure it in revenue. I, I'm assuming they measure it in revenue, but customer mm. count would be an interesting one. Yeah. yeah,
0: and for my my research too, so when you say Rollins, is that more their revenue is growing? Is that more what you're seeing on your yeah, end? so
1: but, but you can correlate Rollins, Renekill, Ecolab, all the public right. companies, you can correlate that to the market itself. And our index are smaller pest control companies and it's highly correlated to theirs, but it's actually greater just because it's easy to, you know, if you want to grow a $1 million business by 10%, it's a hundred thousand dollars. If it's a $1 billion business, it's a it's hundred million dollars. Right. So that's, right. That, that's where that is. But in any event, I do think that we are slowing down. Um, She's one point seven percent. I'm not sure that I quite buy it, but yeah. um,
0: my know. my question for you is because while doing my research, it definitely said Rollins has the greatest market share. Like, do you think that could be more representative of their market share just getting larger? Like the big players in the pest control industry, if they are still growing at a strong rate, is that are they potentially? just are they growing their market share and the industry as a whole maybe isn't growing at the same rate so
1: there's some of that right they're doing acquisitions yeah. but i i think what's going on is that um and, and believe it or not the door-to-door companies are expanding the market right so half of what mm. they do is steal other pest control companies contracts but the other half of what they do is they find people who never knew that buying pest control was a thing and the door-to-door companies are proliferating And that, I believe, is what is driving up Mm -hmm. um, uh, or driving the growth in the industry right now. I don't know, Donnie, what you think. I think you
2: guys are comparing apples to oranges, is what I think. Mm -hmm. Because the reason I say that is, is that okay, market growth versus marketing growth, right? Like, I mean, to me, obviously, Rollins is growing through acquisitions. Rollins is a, I mean, it's a unicorn, right? I mean, it's a massive company,
1: but but their organic is pretty
2: pretty good as well. So, 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 but, you know, the question I have is where is that organic being driven from? And you're right. If they're driving it through door-to-door, they're driving it through other channels. But ultimately what I mean, when I say that you guys are talking about two different things. Okay. So I realize this market growth is, is, I'm assuming this is based on revenue. We're talking about marketing. We're talking about leads. If I'm an organic only growth business, I am much more dialed into what's happening with leads. If I did not raise prices, like how much of this growth is truly just based upon inflationary changes like how much of that growth and we don't know that right i mean i don't know right. that they get it no, gets but in a lot data. of our
1: growth we do know in our index is related to price increases there's Correct. no question about yeah. That. yeah and
2: so 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 then let's bring that back to what does that say about demand right, right. Yeah. and that's that's the issue here like i just i feel like and you guys know i love talking about my feelings i love coming on podcasts mm-hmm. and public forums and Expressive yes, it. Yes. you're a so, very touchy, yeah. feely guy. 100%. So, so what that's saying, it, it, you know, just, and I'm, and I'm making a couple of logic jumps here is that demand is down. Like, you know, period dot demand is down. Now right. what, you know, we could split hairs and what is it? 5%. Is it 10%? Is it 1%? I mean, hell who knows, but with growth, like, even if like, let's just say this is off and let's say it's not 1.7%. Let's say it's 5% or even 10%. The fact of the matter is is it's way lower than what it's been you know in 2020 and especially in 2021 and like in the case of triangle we're very dependent upon demand that's what drives our business you know we we're not a door-to-door company we've tried and failed but you know you know reality of it is is that we are absolutely we're absolutely dependent upon you know what's happening in the market and and what is demand being driven because we have an inbound strategy and so i think if you're sitting back and you're like, oh, my gosh, man, this year sucks. And costs are going up. I and mean, obviously, if you're not watching this on YouTube, I'm shaking my head. Yes, it's yes. Yes. I mean, it's it's it. And, and, and I don't think that you're unique. And I certainly don't think that it's uncommon. Does that mean that, you know, we have a blockbuster year next year? I don't know what that means for next year. But certainly... We're feeling the effects of, you know, I think there's an inflationary hangover going on. I think the white collar, you know, bloodbath that we just went through last year in terms of, you know, we we had a recession, but we didn't see it on the front lines, right? Normally, when you have a recession, then who's getting the, who's getting the pink slip? It's the front line folks. That didn't happen this recession, if you want to call it that. What happened was a lot of these tech companies just re, you know, they, they, they cut a lot of staff. So a lot of white collar, it was almost like a white collar recession, which is a little different. So... And which is really our target customer. So I don't. Again, I'm pontificating along with speculating, which could turn into I don't know a bunch of gobbledygook, which is what I normally say. But certainly, if you if you step back for a moment, and and even if these numbers aren't within two or three percent of each other, I think the clear message is is that there is definitely an impact in demand that's happening. Right. And if you're a right. demand based business, you are going to feel it. Does that make sense?
0: For sure. And the thing that I think concerns me the most is the same, the same report shows the growth in the number of businesses. So the number of businesses that are opening up, right. And that is growing faster than the rate of the overall market. So to me, like my conclusion is like, okay, the metaphorical pie is like staying the same, but every business is sliced is getting smaller and smaller. And then you throw in acquisitions and the big guys are scooping up the little guys. And it's, it's, it's a bad place to be in uh, you know, The secret's the out. It's a great demand industry. Is-
1: Everybody's starting new businesses. Right. And so like <laughs> demand
0: is one thing, right? That's one issue, but then competition is a whole other issue in itself. Right. And like, these are the big, mm-hmm. in my mind, the big two pillar issues that I think most companies are, are kind of up against. And, you know, aside from this attitude, we're, we're seeing this representative in our CRM data as well. We've got, you know, a ton of access to data and, and customers, um, our customers, I want to say our customers, I don't mean Colmarch, but I just mean WorkWave, you know, people using PestPack and so forth. And we're seeing the same thing. We're seeing negative growth across our customer base from what we can see in their their CRM for Q1 and Q2 of this year. And so granted that is the off season, but it's, it's a far cry from the, you know, 10, 11% growth um, we saw in our customers and even just Q4 of last year. So there's, I think objectively there is a downward trend and we're, we're all feeling the effects of it. Right.
2: So demand is down and competition is up. Let's keep yeah. rolling.
0: <laughs> so um, so from a marketing perspective, kind of the impacts, like what does that actually translate to right from a marketing perspective? Since that's what we're talking about, there's more digital competition, which means when there's more competition, ad costs are going to rise, right? There's again, less opportunity for each business to really capitalize on the demand that is, is already there. Um, inflation, you know, I feel like we don't talk a lot about the fact that inflation affects marketing too. You know, I think a lot of, from my experience, a lot of our customers are are expecting to get more leads with the same budget. And they're very upset when that doesn't happen, right? Like they're upset when they have to start spending more in marketing and they get less because they, in their mind, they think, oh, marketing is an investment. It should pay off. But I always say that I don't think marketing is not, invincible to inflation right like definitely there's there's the same effects that happen here right we have labor costs that are rising we can't lower our prices we just like you guys um as a pest control business owner you have to raise your prices we have to do the same thing right so it's it's kind of reframing the way that we think of marketing so
1: so so the way that fuel goes up and chemicals go up and food right. goes up that's inflation Yes, I think that that, that the marketing that we're talking about, digital marketing, I think that Google has just figured out how to monetize even better. And that inflation rate far exceeds food, gas, chemicals, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And it's just becoming more competitive, just like Yellow Pages did years ago, and ultimately petered out. Do I think Google's petering out? Absolutely not. But i think that what you're you know you used to be able to spend a dollar and get 10 back now maybe two mm-hmm. two and a half and where where does that stop you know that that that's a
0: Right. And when we talk about inflation, I, I think there's kind of two categories. There's what you're talking about. There's ad placements, right? Like that is driven by competition. And as the landscape changes, as Google looks different, and it becomes harder and harder to get those very coveted places, ad placements in them themselves are going up. They're getting more expensive. They're getting more competitive. But then there's also the service costs, right? It's what the marketing people do, right? Like SEO right. is is people doing SEO, right? right. And, and that is driven by talent and labor shortages and, you know, rising technology costs, we have more costs on the technology front. So we can't afford to price our services lower. And so and this isn't even just Colmar; this is all marketing companies. So it's, sure. I kind of think of it in those two things that like ad placements are getting more expensive. And even the service costs in which you're paying people to do your marketing, those both of those are not going to decrease. So in general, this is a trend that is going to continue in my mind. Like I think we need to get that out of our brain that we're going to be able to spend less and get more, like no matter what, you're going to have to spend more in marketing. And, and you're just like you said, Dan, It like gas and groceries, like I'm spending more when I go to the grocery store, I'm not getting more groceries. It's just the price for indiv- individual things is going up. And so I think, you know, that's something we all have to kind of accept that marketing is never going to be a fixed cost. And And as you diversify your marketing mix, and as the landscape changes, you know, you are going to have to continue to invest more in it. And it's not going to, necessarily directly translate to, oh, I spent 10% more. So I got 10% more leads.
2: Hmm. Mm -hmm. So we have talked about, and I don't want to get too far into this, but so, so let's just go through the big picture here. So, so Mm -hmm. demand is down, competition is up, pricing is up due to competition and and inflation and, 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 you know, and, you know, these other pressures that are happening I'm sitting back, and at the end of the day, you know what what I see happening as an owner is that digital is becoming on the same level as door- to door, as mass media. In the past, you know, we've always been able to do digital at a fairly I, I won't want to say it, well, it really was a fraction of the cost of other media buys and, and, and other marketing channels. So So my question to you is, is like, now what? And, and how do we, you know, what I don't think it's wise to come off of digital. And I hear people saying, well, I turned off pay-per-click altogether. I don't think that's wise either. But but my point is, is like, well, now what? Like, how do we, how do I position now to try to get the most of of what is happening? And, and how do I make sure that I stay in a position where, I mean, I remember back in the day, I don't know what year this was, maybe like 2016, 2018 or whatever, but Google used to have this side panel for businesses. And you would go to like Raleigh, you know, pest control. And we own like the first three links we own pay-per-click and we owned that sign panel and we just killed it. Those days are over, of course. But so what do we do now? Like, is it, right. okay, well, you really need to focus on locations. Is it, you really need to focus on reviews? Is it like, how do you still mm-hmm. compete and stay and maintain as much as you can out of, you know, out of the digital space?
0: Yeah. I think there's short-term things. and. When I say short term, like the next year or two, and then I think there's longer term things to consider. So to kind of start with short term, I think you know what you said about people. You know, all of a sudden, I'm going to stop investing in SEO. I'm going to stop investing in the channels that traditionally work for me because this year it's hard. I, I say don't do that. <laughs> I-, I don't think making huge changes in times of economic crisis for things that traditionally do well for your business is is necessarily the right move. But at the same time, I do think you need to kind of reevaluate. Where you're spending your money and what that has looked like in the last three to five years, and diversify that mix a little bit. So, you know, I know with TPC, it's like you, for the longest time, were able to grow through just PPC and SEO. And that was great for that time, but that's not sustainable. So, what do you have to do to pivot? You've got to bring in different channels, you've got to bring in different ways to market yourself and and it's more just diversifying what that portfolio of marketing looks like, right? And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's obviously other things that a lot of companies have already done, price increases, right? Like that is the, the biggest, probably quickest win is, right? Increase your prices, get more money from your existing customers that can help offset the fact that maybe you can't bring on as many customers. But I think, this is such a corporate term, but I feel like the, the, the lowest hanging fruit that a lot of companies are not doing very well, from my experience, is really maximizing that low, those low cost and high margin, like sales opportunities, as far as having a true system in place for upselling your current customers, or having a really good system in place for winning back canceled customers. And you know, having a good system in place to maximize customer referrals, right? Like those things are relatively low cost in in the grand scheme of things compared to maybe PPC or or so forth, right? Most of it is centered around your current customers and exactly what we were talking about earlier where, you know, some people, some companies are growing, but it's maybe not from number of customers. It's from, how can I squeeze as much revenue as possible out of a single customer? And some of that is price increases, but some of it is also get them on other services, um, get them back, you know, like get them to refer their friends, their neighbors, family, things like that. So I think to me, that is like, the simplest low hanging fruit. And I think some people are dabbling in it, doing a email campaign here and there, but there's not a true system leveraging technology that is being built to do this day-to-day for you.
1: So So Yeah, so what, what, you know, I I remember at the end of the yellow pages, a lot of people said, but we're gonna pull our yellow page ad and, and we'll see where we fare. And a lot of people, me being one of them, was like, geez, don't do that. I'm, I'm scared." And 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 they pulled it, and nothing happened. But that's because they moved to Google. Mm-hmm. So if people dial back, and I agree with you, by the way, all those low hanging fruit things they should have been doing anyway, because that is has always been <clears> cheaper <throat> is to do winbacks, to to do upsells and whatnot. But what is it? You're you're not going to stop doing Google. You just right. It, Google's not going away. So, uh, wh- what are some of the changes to the digital landscape, uh, uh, you know, that you've seen in the last year or two?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's definitely been a lot, and some of this is not necessarily translating to marketing strategies, but more from the marketing perspective of someone doing marketing. There's a lot of shifts and changes happening just with data in general, and privacy, and you know, people using VPNs, and and emerging privacy laws, and phasing out third party cookies, and you know, what does that kind of mean? It means that data is becoming less reliable and we can't rely on data and attribution as much to really figure out what are those very specific channels that are working well for me you know there may come a time where you don't have an idea of how ppc performs you know compared to seo because attribution is going to get harder and harder and so looking at things very much in a vacuum i don't think is going to be the future I, i think it's it's you gotta look take a step back look at digital as a whole, and rely on data, rely on what your peers are doing that's working and and kind of draw conclusions from the data that you do have, but not put too much stock into it. Um, But also another really big change is just what we call it on the marketing side is zero click searches, meaning people are going to Google, they're searching, and they're not even making it to your website, because they're finding what they need on the search results page. So the way that I think this translates most to the lawn and pest industry is, is people are looking at reviews, they're looking at Google business profiles, and they're calling straight from there, right? They're never even getting to your website. So they don't even have a chance to go to your website, learn your benefits, right? They're relying solely on what your review profile looks like. And if you even show up and you're in proximity to them. So how much opportunity is being left on the table if you're not even showing up to begin with from people that are just never even going to make it to your website. They're not even going to make it to the bottom of the search results page. So in general, people are getting more and more impatient and they're looking for ease, convenience, fast decision. So making sure that you have as much visibility for those zero click searches. Um, as well as just convenience, you know, online booking, text, texting, web chat, just making it as easy as possible because consumers are getting more and more impatient and they want to make fast decisions. So, how can you make it as easy as possible for them to make that decision? First step is you got so to actually have visibility.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that's really interesting because the the you know everybody has put so much time and effort and money into their website. What you're saying is. The website's just not that important anymore, and I tend to agree because it's all about reviews, right? You never really need right. to go to the website, right? It's it, it's a total mm-hmm. mindset shift, you know. Uh, Donnie, are you doing much in that way? I mean, what we what are you doing with your website?
2: Yeah, we we are definitely focusing on. I mean, the question becomes: I mean, what what Rachel just said was really important was these zero click searches. You know, in marketing, it's all about what makes you different and what's the value proposition. If you don't have your website and i'm not saying you don't because there's your website is still very relevant but you have to be able to stand out even on those platforms and so what's the only differentiator your location not too much you can do about that i mean there's little things that you can do but Mm -hmm. your location and then your reviews and how well do you you know how well a customer is going to see you know what you do and so i just think you have to focus on like you know it's back to the basics of marketing is like how do we look different And Mm -hmm. how do we, how do we differentiate ourselves and what are we telling the customer as to why we should be using us? And so those are at least on the zero click search side. I mean, I I think that's what you have to, and the other thing that we've been doing, which I, I mean, even in my book, I recommended that you don't do this, but obviously things change is we're doing a lot more branding. Mm -hmm. We want people actually searching our name now versus just, you know, trying to go out and, you know, pest control services near me or whatever. And so um, is it working? Well, I don't know. We're we're new in it, right? I mean, we're not we're not far enough along to, for me to say, yeah, this is this is a proven strategy. It does help, and obviously, we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't think it was gonna if it was gonna work. If, you know, if we but but at the same time, um, it's still early for me to say yes. This is this mm-hmm. is the proven way to go. <laughs> <laughs> does that right. make sense? So, so yeah, okay. So here's the deal, guys. We are out of time already. And we talked, we we kind of talked about this before we started the episode, which was that we knew we were going to run out of time. We were going to kind of set this up as to here's what's going on. And so I think for this episode, we're going to probably close it out here with this is what's happening and we're going to bring Rachel back. And then we're going to really dive into this question of now, what do you do? And that's obviously one of the, I mean, I think that's what most people want to hear about, but I think it is important just to kind of set the, the groundwork of like, hey, here's what's going on. You know, you're probably not unique in a sense that if you're feeling the digital pressure, everyone is. And and now maybe you have a greater understanding as to why that is. But I think ultimately, you know, the real question is, is now what? And so we're going to bring um, RB back on for another episode, really dig into that question and give you some good strategies on, you know, how you can set up for, you know, either salvaging the rest of 2023, which it's a little late for that, especially if you're in the Southeast or really getting set up for 2024 and start making those moves in the fall so that you're ready to go come spring. So with that, Dan, anything to add before we finish out? No, very, very interesting topic. And let's, uh, let's get,
1: get you back, Rachel, very soon. Cause um, I'd love to hear it. It's, 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 mm-hmm. you know, we're going through a, 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 a paradigm shift and uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, w- what are the next moves? Because Pest control is not going away. It's just right. how are you going to get to your customers, and how are they going to get to you? So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I think we have a lot more to unpack. So, excited we to come back do. and continue the conversation.
2: Well, Rachel, thank you very much for coming on board and and chatting with us. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Which means if we bring you back for another episode, four. four. Uh -uh. four times yes 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 thank you for having me back and back and back but i will tell you that people will be very interested to hear the second half of this i already know for sure so with that we're going to close it down just a reminder all the resources and topics that we talk about today are available on the podcast website pmpindustryinsider.com and much like you We very much appreciate any kind of ratings and reviews you can give us. If they're positive, please put them on Google or tell them to me. If they're negative, please pass that on to Dan. And with that, we'll we'll say goodbye. Goodbye. We would say goodbye for today. Good day. Don't don't die today. We will all die at some point, but not today. And with that, we're gonna sign off. We'll see you all next time. Take care. Bye bye.